We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse through their industry. Pulse through their industry. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. Have to be consistent. You got to keep the big picture that hey, we're changing the world. We're changing. The league presents Electric People. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Electric People. We have Ryan Sheckler on the podcast today. What's up, brother? My dudes. What's How good? Are you? You're kind of like part of the company now. Yeah, I know. You wake up every morning under the power that the sun provides you. That's true. You know what I mean? We this get to golf true. together every now and then. Yep. It's a it's mutually good. beneficial relationship. Well, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that like you guys are doing for the planet. Like you're doing good. We're doing good. And so Sheckler Foundation and just everything that I'm trying to do these days is all based around love and compassion and positivity and, you know, coming in with clean energy. That's like, that's basically what I want to do every day is just live with clean energy. Um, so yeah, the fact that my house is Vivint Solar is, is a no-brainer. I already wake up every day with it. Yeah. It's tight. Yeah, it's great for me too, man. Um, so you were a professional skateboarder at age seven. That's when you got your first... Well, let's see here. So I started, um, I started skating when I was two. And then first competition was when I was six. And then I got sponsored for the first time when I was seven. And then, That's crazy. Yeah, when I was about... No, actually, when I was 13 is when I turned pro for World Industries, and then I switched from them to Almost, and uh, I was there for a couple years, and then got on Plan B, like 15, 16, and I've been on Plan B since. And it's cool, because it's like, the companies that I've rode for my whole life, um, now I don't look at them as sponsors, I look at them as partnerships and like partners. These are almost, in a sense, like family members at this point. Um, cause I've been with them for so long and, you know, with plan B, I have equity in plan B. So it's, it's coming to the point now in my career where I'm getting ready to turn <clears throat> 30 years old. Is it hard for you to say 30 years old? I mean, it is what it is. You know, I like, I didn't, it's, it's crazy turning 30 though. Cause it's like, I actually feel my body recovering slower, um, and everything that all the old dogs, when I was skating and I was a young kid, mm. they were telling me my knees were gonna go out and like wasn't gonna be able to skate as much or as hard. And I was always just like, yeah, right. And uh, it happened and it's happening. Yeah. So, but I mean, dude, I, I try to keep myself in as best shape as possible. So I'm working out four days a week and that's just to literally be able to sustain longer sessions and to be able to trust my, I guess, my mental and know that my body can take the impact that it's going to take. Cause I've had some really bad injuries. Um, the injuries have been gnarly last yeah. year, two broken ankles and, um, didn't even find out until six months after that, seven months after that, that I actually fractured my L1 in my back as well. So like one fall, you found out how many months after that? Like six or seven months. You just, I, thought, you just had chronic back pain. I, yeah, I but... just wasn't even focused on, I wasn't focused on anything but the ankles, you know, I broke both of them. So I'm healing and I'm sitting at home and I'm just like, I have my feet up all the time. <clears throat> and then, yeah, I started feeling my back and I was like, dude, I wonder, I wonder what it was and got MRIs and x-rays and doctors tripping. Well, there it is. It's tripping. Yeah. How'd you break your ankles? Uh, trying to grind this uh, 15 flat, 15 stair uh, hubba, which is like basically just the, the side wall that goes down. It's like stairs. a shoulder high ledge, isn't it? Like... The part where I fell off was about 15 or 16 feet to the But shoulder high to jump up to oh, it. Oh, yeah. And then I mean, had... yeah, it's pretty tall. So it's like you're, you're fully committed the whole time. It's, it's a no-joke no situation. So for me, like, 
the process with that one was like, I knew in my mind that like, if I made it, it was going to be a trick that would push the needle in skateboarding of like what is possible. Um, I also knew that if I fell, it could be really, really bad. And, uh, yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, it being really bad. It was really I bad. I want to get into that because I, I think your mentality and healing and things like that are really helpful. But one of the things that I noticed, so you were, you were labeled by Fox as one of the 15 most influential skateboarders of all times. And you talked about, uh, you know, these the sponsors and the people that you've partnered with kind of growing up with you and really being like a whole part of your life. How do you think, because you're more than a skateboarder now, uh, how do you think you've stayed so relevant? And maybe what do you see your role as? I mean, my role in skateboarding is to be a, an enthusiast. It's to be fully engulfed in in the sport. And, and the reason that I skate is because of the freedom, because of <clears throat> how, how good I feel when I'm on the skateboard. I forget about everything. And... Um, I think for me to stay relevant in skateboarding and to be here, I've had to have the passion. Um, I think it's with anything in life. Like the longer you continue to do something in a positive direction, that's because you love it, you know? And that's that's where my passion stems from is, man, I've been skating for 20, 28 years, almost 29 years now. You know, it's like my whole life. And so uh, for me today, I couldn't see my life without it. So I think that also has like a huge, it's almost a statement to myself. It's like, man, th- we are skateboarding. I am a skateboarder mm-hmm. and I'll never not be a skateboarder. Um, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to do. Do you still skate every day? I still skate. And it's not every day. It's not every day. It's more like I'm skating three, four times a week now. Some days I just really like I go work out and then I'll go home. I'll walk my dog. And maybe I'll go surf or I'll go to the office and handle business. And then like, maybe I'll skate that night. But I don't feel that I have to skate. I want to skate when like my mind is like, let's go skate. Cause that's where it's the most fun. And that's where it becomes like my, my freedom of like expression. So when I have too much on my mind and I try to go skate, it's like, I'm not thinking about the tricks. You know, I'm thinking about what I have to do when I'm done with skateboarding and that's a whole nother thing of like, be where your feet are. That's why that's helped me so much. And like the meditation of like, once I find myself at the park and I'm thinking about something else, I can, I can acknowledge that and bring my brain and bring my calmness down and then realize that like, okay, let's just be here. Let's work on a couple things and then we can bail. Yeah. So, um, but skateboarding feels the same to me as it did when I was a kid. Yeah. It's just like glorious. There's not not a whole lot of people that, you know, we run a group of salespeople, right? And there's not a lot of people that know how to quiet their mind like that. But there's not a lot of skateboarders or action sports or even athletes that have gone through and actually developed, spent the time to figure out how to quiet their mind. Where did that come from? Uh, That came from me just wanting to better myself. I just wanted to better myself. Um, I think we might have touched on it. Like, you know, I had a drinking problem and I addressed that when I was 25 and checked into rehab and did that whole thing. And when I got out of that, that's where I was free. That's where it became like, okay, I'm just going to start doing everything in my ability to be an athlete, whether that's change the way I sleep, the way I eat, um, the way I train. And then it came down to my brain. So I can't accomplish any of these unless my brain is accepting of this process. So it's a slow process. It's a slow process to identify where your 
little habits come in or where the, you know, the time-wasting habits come in and acknowledge that, move past it. It's all about acknowledgement. The second you start realizing what you're doing daily, each move that you're making, what it's doing, what it's impacting, then you start figuring out who you want to be and, and what your belief system is. Yeah. Well, you mentioned last time we chatted that you made a pretty significant investment into somebody that helped you kind of pick that yeah. apart, right? Yeah. Is that something you still practice? Yeah, I still practice what I learned from that day. Um, and that was, you know, shoot, almost three years ago now. Um, but yeah, it was brain training. I went to a guy and literally for the whole day just broke my brain down, broke down experiences, the way I felt after winning a contest, the way I felt after losing, the way I felt if my parents got in a fight, you know, just like everyday life things and then the athlete things. And so, um, yeah, that day stuck with me incredibly because it's like once you start realizing that you're doing better and people start acknowledging that like some of your habits, your new habits are are positive and, and encouraging, then all of a sudden you just want to keep tapping into it. So. It, it's interesting how some of that mental baggage affects performance. Absolutely. And we're, you know, our sales guys, they're going out door to door. And if you've ever sold anything door to door, um, it's really difficult to do it if you've got a bunch of mental baggage from 100%. a fight at home with your spouse yep. or your, you know, whatever. Well, how are you going to look comfortable? to a person that you've never met before. That's right, and especially we always, you know, we spend even some of our time working with, you know, couples where we're like, hey, listen, if something's bothering you, you can't call your spouse in the middle of the day and blow them up because they don't hang up the phone, you know, hang up and then go knock a door and be like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, you right. know, I'm at it. You know, it's really hard it to compartmentalize the whole, the that. Whole day. So yeah. um, it's interesting how that same thing applies to you know, everything. It applies to everything, man. And, and you never, you just like, you never know what anyone's going through. You really don't, you have no idea. So for me, it's just always like, you know, if I were to go door to door, which sounds scary to me. And like, I speak in hey, public. Hey, should we try it? Should we try it? Uh, give us I an afternoon. Give us an afternoon. I think it'd be, it'd be funny. Um, no, you should just go shout out Ty one day. <laughs> I mean, funny. you're, you're close enough. Go watch. He's like, He's an artist on the door. Well, he's got the personality. And yeah. when you're comfortable with yourself, then others are comfortable around you. And so that's the main thing, I think, with selling anything is that, like, if someone, if I'm going to go buy, <clears throat> you know, um, shoot, what would I even buy? I don't buy anything. I got all the sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that leads me to my next question, though. What's, who's, maybe you can't say it. Um, I was going to ask who your favorite sponsor is, but you got to, you got you're an equal opportunity uh I really am, man. And it's like, I, I honestly don't think I could pick a favorite sponsor because yeah. all the sponsors that I've had, all the trips that I go on are individually with these companies. And so I have experiences that range from, you know, pain to incredible with all of these different companies. So it's like, I don't know, dude, to pick you a, some pretty awesome sponsors, though. Yeah, great ones, Oakley, dude. Oakley, Red Bull, Etnies, Plan B, Independent, um, Melon Hats, Ethica. Yeah, man. Good sponsors. Good partners. It's fun. Dude, all these trips I go on are fun. Well, and it's turned into a business for you because you mentioned you have equity in Plan B, but you yeah. also were uh, a founder. What's your relationship with Ethica? Uh, founder. I mean, we started that when I was 13 years old. You and Travis Pastrana. Me, Pastrana, Malcolm Cassie, Steve Asfin. Um, yeah, we started that back in the day. And then, like, 
Now, like we were talking about, it's like art of sport. That's something that I have equity in. Stance, that's something I have equity in. Um, Ethica, Kapari, which is a skincare line. Um, see, there's more. Skincare is becoming a thing. Have you noticed this? Like, you see, like, uh, Sean Neff is with these people doing, like, skincare stuff. That's going to be, like, the next, like, that's a big I thing. I mean, dude, people are, people are taking care of themselves. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think it's good. Um, let's switch gears for a second. I got a text from your mom after the event yep. saying, so we just had the Ryan Sheckler yearly golf tournament that yep. you do. And the text said that you guys raised $411,000. Yeah. Yeah. This last, what does that feel like? Crazy. It's still like crazy to me That's right insane. now. Yeah. Cause it was, it was such a good energy and we put so much effort into this one. I mean, we put effort into every single one, but like sometimes when you're planning something, cards just kind of fall into place. And that's what happened with this one. It just like, our message was clear. The way we were going to do the whole gala was set up basically down to the minute and it worked perfectly. Everything worked perfectly. The vibe was right. People were in giving moods and they just really enjoy the fact that like we're honoring our superheroes, which is all of our kids, all of our recipients of Sheckler Foundation grants are our superheroes. They're the ones that motivate me to go skate, to go get up when I don't want to go work out. Like the days that you think you're having a bad day are not bad. They're not. You don't even understand what a bad day is really like when you look at these these kids and what they've been through. So Yeah, I thought it was cool because you had the you know, the event was superhero themed. Right. And it's always touching like whenever kids come in, man, it's just it's it's touching. But you know, you had your grant recipients there and they were in like superhero yeah. costumes yeah. and they getting hugs and pictures with you. Maybe maybe tell our group how that started and where you find your passion for the the project. I mean yeah, well my Honestly, where it started was when I was 17. I granted a wish for Make-A-Wish Foundation. And they just reached out to you? or Yeah, they reached out to me because I was doing the MTV show and this girl, Cassie, um, or sorry, Casey, who had uh, leukemia, she wanted, her wish was to hang out with me for the day, which was, I got the call and I didn't even, like, I'm 17, you know? Like, I'm just buying a house. Like, we're on MTV. It's like a crazy, crazy lifestyle going on. And I couldn't even fathom why she wanted to hang out with me. It didn't make Her sense. Her one wish. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me at all. So like I flew out to Texas, met her and I was super nervous and she was so sweet. She was so rad and just like super down to earth, super cool. Had the craziest scar from like the bottom of her throat all the way down her stomach from like the surgeries she had to do. And like, she was just so cool. And she loved how much I treated my brothers with respect um, in the show when my parents got divorced. So that's why she wanted to hang out with me. And I was like, man, that's like, that's like the last thing I thought anyone would grab from the show. And like, I didn't even know I was doing it, you know, but that's just like, that's me. Family is everything to me. So when she realized that and like brought it to my attention, it just tripped me out. And from that day forward, I was, I have to do something that's going to give back to kids, give back to athletes. And then just from trying to do those two things, we've moved into children with autism children with cancer, uh, adaptive sports, uh, injured action sports athletes, um, building DIY parks, helping with school projects. Like we have literally been, now we're just like, our tentacles are spread. And, um, it all spurred from one encounter with one girl. She changed my whole life. And she's the reason that we've been able to change everybody else's life. So like the, the saying pay it forward is a real thing. It takes time. But when I can look back at it now, like we've just been paying it forward. 
So, do you think Ty always says it's important that you have that you live a life that you're excited about, right? And then that affects your motivation at work and the other stuff you're doing, right? Hundred percent. So, so to me, when I hear all this, it's like you're living this life that you're excited about and you're passionate yep. about, and then that's what affects your motivation to do the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, hundred percent. I mean, you gotta want to do it. Like whatever, you, whatever you're gonna do in life. You gotta want to do it. I mean, I know a lot of people are stuck in jobs that they don't want to do. It's just like, man, that's it's just not your time yet. Like, you'll find it. If you have the motivation to better yourself and to better your situation, you will do it. But it takes time. Like, we're in a generation and a time right now where everything is so instant. All these, you know, the posts and the feed and, you know, even like food delivery, whatever. Everything is so damn fast that people are putting that into, like, trying to learn a craft or like trying to get a new job or trying to be the boss. Like that takes time, you know? Well, and I don't even think you have to necessarily like work your dream job. Like you can have your job, but if you're doing some things outside of work that you're really passionate about right. and excited about, right. it makes going to work tolerable or it makes going to work have a purpose. Uh, exactly. So that you can, you know, fund your hobby that you're going to go do after work or whatever it may be. Yeah. It is finding the time to make sure that you, are comfortable with yourself and your surroundings. And like, not every day is comfortable. It's not supposed to be. But being able to acknowledge when a tough time is happening, that, that'll save you. Yeah. Um, with, uh, you know, this, this experience you had with Make-A-Wish, uh, mm -hmm. this friend that you met from Make-A-Wish, one of the things that's impressed me in the time I've known you is your ability to bring people together. Um, you weren't at, you couldn't be there, but um, some of the members of the foundation yep. came to our West Coast sales meeting. And, um, we played a video. So what your foundation does is it gives grants. It gives basically gifts of money right. to people that need them. Yeah. Uh, and we played a couple videos and just stood up there and I had my phone open and I just said, okay, everybody in the room, you got a chance to donate. And we just watched the thing tick, 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 tick. And yeah, we, we, that group there, the people that are listening to this, made two grants. So the one up in the, yep. the Sacramento skate park thing and then I can't remember what we did with the other one. But um, your ability to bring people together is a gift. Uh, even at the event, the guy that does your cars is there. The, yeah. the place where you get your morning coffee is there. The people that have the solar on your roof is there. Talk about that. Is that something that you get joy from these relationships? Do you find ways to bring them together? Is that something just yeah, happens that's to a, you? Yeah, that's like a, a big goal of mine. That's like something we try to do each year. So like, dude, I live in San Clemente. I'm born and raised in San Clemente. This is my town. Like, this is these are my people. I love it here. And I love the businesses around here. And so... When we do an event, it's like, you know, we can have a big box shop coffee come in, but where's the, like, where, why is that personal to anyone? It's not, you know? Everything that we're doing is supposed to be personal. It's supposed to, like, it's not even supposed to be 10,000 people. It's supposed to be 500 close people that can actually feel something, feel the vibe. And, you know, that's what San Clemente means to me. And that's why I bring them to all my events. It's like, you know, we Sancho's Tacos. We got Zebra House. It's like... We try to hook up the local community, you know, Republic of California, skate shop. Like, I wanted to open a skate shop in San Clemente, but I've been going to Republic for so many years that I'm like, I'm not, there's no way. I couldn't, I couldn't open it. I don't want to compete. This is my spot. I just, I already got one. Yeah. You've been doing, so a lot of our sales guys, uh, you know, they're going door to door. And I think a lot of our guys get in this mindset where they're, eventually trying to like figure out how to get off the doors or like eventually I don't want to knock doors kind of anymore and they 
say they'll have burnout, right? You've been skateboarding since you were three, two, three years yeah, old. Dude. Long you, damn you have time. to have experienced the burnout, the burnout, or times where you're just like, "I'm done. I want to do something else." Or so, yeah. how do you keep fighting through that and continue to stay, you know, to stay passionate about it after doing it for 25 plus years? Yeah, it's a tough question because the burnout happens, and it happens to everybody, especially where you you turn pro at 13. Yeah, dude. there had to have been times where you're like, yeah. I don't feel like I'm skating for myself even anymore. You I know? mean, dude, my the first burnout was when I was 14. Right after turning pro, I like started traveling the world that whole year of 13, and was like, whoa. Didn't get to hang out with my friends. And when I was home, I was catching up on schoolwork so that I could go on the next trip. And it was, I was like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want this. And your parents are like, hey, you know, you have to do this no, because. They didn't, no, dude, because they were like, well, you can either, we got to figure it out. Like, you're either going to do homeschool and go on these trips. It's your choice. Or you're going to go to school. Mm. And I was like, I want to go to freshman year of high school. Like, that was my, I wanted to. So I took 14 and went to freshman year of high school. And it was fun. It was hard. It was really hard. And I had a bunch of trips that I had to go on still. And uh, some of my teachers worked with me. Some of my teachers hated that I got to travel and uh, made it really tough for me. So that's why I had to do like um, independent study after that. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. So trip. how do you get through it? Like on days where you don't feel like it, is it is it the purpose stuff that drives you? I mean, you got a bunch of stuff going on now that's pretty cool. But how do you work? How do you work yourself? You out just of have balance? to know that it's just like it's it's peaks and valleys, man. Life is peaks and valleys. It's not all good all the time. It's not. I mean, people make it look that way on Instagram, but that's the most fake thing you could possibly imagine. Like, dude, you see someone with thirty photos in a row just smiling. It's like, come, come on, come on. Yeah. Like life happens every day to everybody, and it's not always great. Um, so for me to keep it going, I just I I just realized that like this is I I dig deep. I look deep and I feel deep and it's like what are my passions? Jesus Christ, my family, skateboarding. That's it. It's in there. It's in the top three. And it's always been there. And you just so, try to eliminate everything else. Yeah, and some days you're not gonna wanna skate. Some days I don't wanna skate and I don't. I don't skate. And the next day I skate ten times better because I didn't force it. I don't have to force it. I'm in a different situation. I've been doing this my whole life. At, at a new job, someone at a new job that's feeling like doing that, those are the big tests. That's where you gotta stick it. You gotta stick it out. You gotta stick it out, absorb everything that's going on, feel like, like acknowledge your feelings, acknowledge the frustration, the anger, whatever it may be, like acknowledge it and then sit with it and try to make it calm down and just know that that's what you have to do today. And once work's done, you can go home and do whatever you needed to do. But like right now, you have a job at hand. Handle it. It sucks, but handle it. Yeah. It's just tricking your mind, man. You, we're strong. Everyone in this room, man. The brain is the most powerful thing. We don't even know, man. It's a trip. If you can get your mind to believe what you're saying to it, you're doing it. Period. Yeah. I'll give you an example. So we did a we did a triathlon. We did a race this weekend. Yeah. And. Uh, we have a friend whose six-year-old daughter has cancer okay. and he runs this race with us. And so it happened to be her birthday and we brought her to the race and we all ran in pink hats for her. It was really motivating Sick. for me. Yeah, I, I wasn't in shape to do it. And so when I started, I had the panic mode. I don't know if you ever feel this like in skateboarding where you go to do something and you're just like, your brain's warning you, you're going to yeah, get hurt. You can't do this. You're going to clip yes. or it might not have enough power. You got to manage yeah. it. And so it was interesting, like, 
having a purpose and thinking about this little girl, telling your brain, hey, you're strong, you can do this, your lungs are working, it literally changed the whole, uh -huh. the whole race. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, switching gears, we've never talked about this. Uh, the relationship with, with money, you earn money really young, yeah. right? Um, so how do you, how do you view money? How do you, how do you manage it? Luckily you, I mean, you were able to earn pretty well early. Did you have, our guys often come from the same thing, maybe not having, um, really specific degrees or specialized degrees and things. They come out and they start earning really well, really quickly. And they go through the buy a lot of stuff. And then eventually, hopefully, they start to set up for the future. I'm wondering what your relationship with money's been. I've I've had a very blessed run this whole time, man. <clears throat> Honestly, like I really feel, um, I'd say lucky, but I believe in Jesus, and so I believe it's a blessing of my life to have the parents that I have. My dad's a, you know, bachelor's degree in uh, mechanical engineering. My mom, uh, bachelor's in finance and something else, and so I've had two parents that are smart, really damn smart, raising me and my brothers. So like at school, we had to get A's. B's were acceptable, but like frowned upon. So like if we wanted to skateboard, we had to get good grades. So me and my brothers always got good grades. It was, school was never hard. It was the fact that like, man, dude, just my parents being smart and they were smart with my money. They were super smart with my money. Started my retirement fund right when I was like, I mean, I started making money before I was 10 years old. So it was like, they have always been looking out for me. And then when it got to the point where I was 18, then I started banking with Morgan Stanley. And so they've always had my best interests at heart. And I've always been like kind of, I've been smart with my money. I, I, you know, I spent a lot when I was, you know, 15 to 24. We were going for it. We were going for it. But I can't you, imagine, dude. Like, like what's I can't. the most frivolous thing you bought during that time, you think? I mean, I bought a house. Um, bought a house in cash. Bought a Ferrari. Bought Mercedes. All right, so you did it. Escalades, like, 100 grand a year at the liquor store. Like, it was, we were on it. We were on it. It was gnarly. Yeah. It was super, like, it's enlightening now to talk about it. Then it was pure chaos. Mm -hmm. But thinking about it now, I'm like, I don't even have to party anymore. I'm done. I did it all. Yeah, it's like when you first start earning money, it's really cool to buy the things you want. And then once, you know, you're a little more established, it's you cool to be able system. to afford it. And oh, not I'm so buy over it. it now. Yeah. Like, so over it now. Like, I, I feel so comfortable and so content. That's, I, that's the word. That's the word that I would say, like, the defining change for me from being a grom and wanting to have like things and jewelry and show off and all that noise to like being an adult is, I'm content. I'm very content with where I am, with the money I have saved, with the investments I have coming up. I'm very comfortable, I'm not greedy. And I'm not trying to like sell a company for a billion dollars. I'm cool with making 20 million, you know, like I'm not greedy. And so, and the money I do make, I like, I like giving it, you know, like I like, I like helping people. So, um, are you are you a pretty active investor, or does someone handle that stuff for you? No, I'm not. Not very. I mean, like I set it up. I set it up each year where I allot myself a certain amount of money to put into companies. So maybe two companies, maybe three, but there's a, it's 150 grand a year is my cap, and I won't invest more than 50 grand into anything. 
Um, it's almost like kind of like rule of thumbs, like, am I okay losing 50 grand? No, but like, it's better than losing 250 yeah, grand. Totally. So I think, I think that's good advice too of, um, when you look at what your specialty is, you want to be charitable and you're a professional skateboarder. So we have a lot of guys that, you know, they come out and they earn and all of a sudden they want to become an expert day trader. And it's like, man, you're, 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 you're going away from your That's superpower. Right. You got it. You have to be in it. The most, the most effective investment that I can do is spend time developing sales teams to sell solar. Hire somebody that's really good with money to move it from that point. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's the, that's the thing. You got to do a little bit of homework to make sure that your, your, right your money men, your financial advisors are actually top, top dogs. I heard a saying, uh, my dad told me this. He said, hire, he goes, if you hire everyone around you that's smarter than you, then you prove you're smarter than them. So if everyone that you hire is smarter than you, then you prove you're smarter yeah. than them. So, yeah. but um, it's, and when we met with Steve, he said he's always been blessed to be the dumbest guy in the room. And that's a lie. He's a big dog. And like, dude, the knowledge that Astafin has is, uh, is incredible uh, on every aspect, business, numbers, investing, whatever it may be. He's, he's normally one of the smarter dudes in the room, right. but he's modest sometimes. It's a good, cool he's on story. Camera. <laughs> cool story to be able to say you're the dumbest <laughs> yeah. in the room, right? Yeah. Um, so how, you know, you're, you're healthy now, yep. right? Your legs are doing good after the injury and stuff like that. So how big of a role, we spoke a year or two ago about the Olympics. Is that something that's still a big focus for you? Are you want, are you wanting to be an athlete at the Olympics? Yeah. I mean, the, the short answer is yeah, of course. I'd love to represent the United States and skateboard in the Olympics. That'd be great. Uh, the way that the contests are going right now and the way the qualifying is going is so new and so different that... Um, is it a different format? A little bit. It's a little bit different format. Uh, since it's Olympics now, these open qualifiers have to be open qualifiers. So anyone from around the world can come skate these things. And so It's not like if you're a professional or something, you right. get one of the so seats from, or something. From getting my injury at the beginning of, you know... January, whenever, two years ago. By doing that, I took myself out of that season. And that was a season I needed to be seeded into, you know, whatever, the quarterfinals, whatever it may be. So instead of being in a two-day event now, I got to go through a four-day event to get to, uh, to get to the main show. So it adds a lot more pressure. It adds a lot more skateboarding to the mix, which is fine. Um, just like scheduling conflicts this year yeah these are not stuff. yeah they're just not set in stone you know and i gotta like set my whole year up a year in advance and so we have things set in stone and um you know they've been throwing a bunch of contests on plans that i've had so we'll see dude i got a whole next season to try to do it um do i need to go to the olympics i don't do i want to be there i do so um kind of something i'm wrestling with just like seeing seeing how it plays out because i can't i can't give it all of my attention. How different is that from like when you were like 15, 16, right? You have such a different mindset now. Yeah. I mean, 15, 16, I've been juiced up. I'd have been juiced up. You couldn't like, I'd, I'd be at the Olympics. Now it's just like, man, skating's tougher. It's just harder, harder on my body. It's harder, harder in general. And these kids are so damn good. Um, it's motivating, but it's just, you know, scheduling. 
Skateboarding is known for some of the just gnarliest crashes and wrecks, right? I mean, there's just endless videos online yeah. of skateboarding fails, Daily. wrecks, whatever. I'm always so impressed with how uh, hard they seem on your body and the skateboarder's resiliency is, I think, maybe unparalleled. Uh, it's with weird. almost any other sport, it's yeah. a different kind of pain, right? I mean, it's just like that. There's football. There's you know, there's other sports. Uh, there's hockey, whatever. Yeah. But skateboarding, you have no pads. No, it's constant. You're, you're on pavement. You're it's on constant. rails. Yep. You're you know, whatever. I'm interested in the mental side of a bad crash, getting up and then going and trying it again and again and again. Right? I need it. I need it. I need that slam. It's weird. I'll be skating and trying to do a trick, and it's just not like it's just not working. Then I'll commit on one, knowing I'm gonna slam and slam. And like, once you feel your body like smash into concrete, and like you can feel like your chest, like you just feel that you just completely smoked yourself. It like to me, it pisses me off. It's like, how did I let myself do that? I gotta land this thing now. So it's almost like a more like it just cements you. If I could fist fight myself in that moment, we'd already be brawling. You know, it's like that's that's where I have to get myself sometimes to be able to roll away and get that like that full basically like ecstasy feeling of like whew, we conquered it. Conquered. Do you see? Because our I'm thinking about our sales guys that they you know mentally they have a bad door. They have someone that's rude to them. Whatever. And it's like mentally the challenge of just keep continuing going to knock in the next door, right? Yeah. And it's the same kind of mental fortitude where For you're, sure. just, you're just getting up and you're like, nope, I'm gonna knock the next door. And I mean, that's why I love skateboarding. It's like skateboarders don't even realize that they're doing it. Like especially little kids, it's like they're failing all day long. You know, like they'll they might fail at a test at school and be so destroyed and like think they're gonna get in trouble. And then they go skateboard and they're trying to kickflip and they fall a thousand times and then land it once and they're psyched. It's like, dude, it's the same thing with school, man. Just focus a little bit harder. Have the same passion you do to learn. Like, you don't even realize what you just did. You persevered a thousand times. You failed one time over here and you freaked out and you failed a thousand times and made it. And then, like, and this was way harder. Like, take that and apply that to, to life. It's just like, man, you guys are trying the hardest tricks all day long. Failing. And then you roll away once. That's so. You ever roll into the public skate parks just like all unannounced? Time. Love them. Love them. I skate all the public parts. All of them. To that They're last fun. point, I heard a quote once that said, um, problems worthy of attack prove their worth by fighting back. So it's like, I like that they, that even as like Adam was talking, you're like, ah, like you almost I like feel, feel that yeah. feeling. It's like, that's, I, feel, I feel like that every now and then, like you, you'll have a deal blow up. You probably have it in your business life where you're going to do a deal. You want it. It blows up. But it's almost like, I feel like that's when the fight is on. It's mm -hmm. like, I always tell the guys, like when we go into a neighborhood, I'm like, let me just get some nose on me. Like my, it's almost like my shoes are too clean. Let me just mm -hmm. get dirty yeah. and then it's on. Yeah. I would say first three doors are your practice doors. Yeah. Like don't even think about selling them. It's just like. I have You're this guy. Crash. I have this guy that we fight train with, and we do this like evasion thing where you you get hit, you mm -hmm. know. And he he would grab my hand and he would smack it into his face a couple times. And like, now I'm not scared. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he's like, now it's like fighting. I'm like, who is this guy? But sounds yeah, like a weirdo. Yeah, he's a weird dude, man. No. I mean, but everyone's got their own little you know little ticks that like get them to that you know get them to the red zone. 
is just like that's the glory zone. Yeah, you know? that's when when you're just flowing, you're present, energy's right. That's where you can make things happen. Where's your most of your time go now? What do you spend most of your time on? Uh, my body, just my body. Staying healthy. Body, mental. Yeah, yeah. Just training, eating right, sleeping. So that's a big you're conscious golfing, part of your apparently, because you guys crushed your golf tournament. Yeah, golf. Uh, I've been golfing a little bit. I'm not nearly as much. I've really been skating. I've been skating and surfing and just really just like trying to be zen. Mm-hmm. I hard. thought our foursome had like a, I played in the tournament. Yeah. And we rolled in with like a 67. And I'm like, I think we did pretty good. I'm like, I think we, uh, and the guys were like, how do you think we did? I'm like, I mean, we birdied like five holes, guys. Like that's gotta be pretty good. And then we went to the the board and yeah, we saw a 52, 52 yeah. and a 51. You're like, I'll there. just keep this I'm scorecard. Like, that this is for not us. real. Like no one did that. Oh yeah, They're we cheating. did. No man. You know? no. So and then it was Sheckler's team. Twelve he, years. We hit a, I didn't win though. We didn't I, that's win. convenient. Yeah, you didn't win? That's no. convenient. Sheckler's. You we know, were in the playoff. Win his own tournament. I blew the putt. I blew the putt. <laughs> I had the I had the full Masters like opportunity. You had it. How long was the putt? Nine feet. Blew it. That's long enough to be justifiable, though. If it was two feet, then you got to visit the mental again and find out what's going on in there. You know. I was I was ready to go too, dude. I thought I had it, and it's just right at the last. Just That's like funny. that. Um, what are you excited about for the future? What, what's on your mind right now? Uh just literally trying to follow God's God's will for my life. That's what I'm doing. I'm Have you been a Christian your whole life, or is this kind of yeah? Like I've a been a Christian my whole life. I just really like really been diving into. Uh, the word and the meaning and how I feel about everything uh, over the last like four or five years. So does that come with um, treatment? You said you went into treatment. Yeah, it just comes with like getting back to where the base is. Where is my base? Where am I the most comfortable? Like where do I feel the most comfortable? It's sober, God in my heart, and I'm present. Have you had to cut some people out of your life? Hundred percent, hundreds of people. Yeah, I have a small crew, really small crew. Uh, you probably kind of have to, right? There's probably a million people that want to show up to the party when you're spending a hundred grand a year on liquor, right? There's, yeah, and they were all there. Yeah. And they were all nowhere to be found once I cleaned myself up. And so it's almost like people always think that's going to be the hardest part. That's what I thought was going to be the hardest part. It's like, shit, I'm going to get sober. No one's going to want to hang out with me. I'm going to have no friends. It's going to be super boring. Like, whatever. You don't even have to tell people you don't drink. They just, like, they can sense it, and they just don't want to be around good energy. Like, Negative people surround themselves with negative people. Positive weans out the negative all day long. So, like, all I had to do was literally live by action and just continue my self-help, and it just deleted all these roaches that just... You can tell, man. Like, I again, I don't know you that well, but I see the same people around you at the things, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you got guys like... David Reyes came up to us at the, at the gala, and he's bright and happy and light and that dude's everywhere you go you know what i mean it almost seems like when i hear you probably had to cut a whole bunch of people out just me and my dad age now i'm like good like that sounds great you know what i mean saved my life dude saved my life it was the people that would you know and it was mostly the people that would go to the bar with me at two o'clock on a tuesday in the afternoon you know it's like those type of people not the a group of friends the b group of people yeah well, a lot of our a lot of our best guys. It's interesting because they'll be really streaky with their sales, and it's and their streakiness comes from their lifestyle they're mm-hmm. living. You know, they're they've got all the talent in the world, but we work on Saturdays. I mean, everybody's home on Saturdays, right? And you'll have these guys that 
they never figure out that Friday night's not a party night anymore. If if you're gonna have a successful work career, is work is work. Yeah, work Saturday is, work. is a day, yeah, yeah Saturday you, is a day you have to work and. So go party on Saturday night. Well, dude, right? it's like, even with my age now, it's like, man, I know I don't like being in the car for that long, and I know I hate traffic, so if I have a meeting in L.A. in the morning, I go up the night before and I stay the night so I can mm -hmm. wake up fresh and then drive and be there. It's the same thing with what you guys are talking about. You're a pretty early riser, aren't you? I am, but I don't like traffic. Yeah. I'm not good in traffic. I just, whenever we've golfed, we hit that, literally, you're like the only person I hit the first tee time with. Oh, yeah. No, I'm all about the first tee time. Yeah. Get that morning dew on there. Woo. Are you first one through the course. Fresh tracks, too, when you're putting. Like, oh, yeah, I'm all about the first tee time. You still got, you got to wear a sweatshirt for the first hour, yeah. dude. That's the deal. My hands were freezing that last yeah. round we did. Um, are you a pretty routine person? Yes. Or does it vary a lot? 100%. You are? Full routine. Does it change given what's going on in your life? Or Changes not on Wednesdays. That's it. What's Wednesday? My day off. Oh. So that's the only day that's like... That's a day for you to... Not really structured, but it's still structured. You know, like my life has to be structured. That's really? that's why I became an alcoholic, because I didn't have structure. I wasn't like putting importance on things that were important. It was like drinking, okay, and now everything else. And it's like the worst way to do it. So like I have to be structured. I'm up at 7 o'clock every day. I feed my dog. I take him on a walk come home and I shower, I go straight to breakfast at Antoine's every day, even on Wednesday. Then I go train from 10 to 11.30, come home, walk him again, eat, and then surf or skate. Do it yeah, I think, there's, I think there's power in that morning routine. It, it's like, it's just those early wins, right? Uh, Jeff Curl was just talking about it. So he says sometimes- Party done four good things in the morning before 12 o'clock, like maybe five, five things like that helped my body, helped someone else, helped my dog, like took care of something else. Like not, it's not based about me. It's like, I have to take my dog out. Like that's why I bought a dog right when I got out of rehab. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna like, as I'm taking care of myself and getting into a new program, I'm gonna take care of a puppy. Cause I, I'm gonna be able to like, my energy is gonna go into him and we're gonna like, we're gonna help each other. Best thing I ever did. Is that Walter? Yeah. Walter's a hero. Walter's Best a thing I ever did. What kind of dog is Walter? Uh, French bulldog. He's just, his demeanor is awesome. His heart is awesome. He is awesome. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's the way I race him with my energy, the new energy. You look at my other dog, Dollar, that my mom has. Dollar's still alive, dude. He's, he's, a, still... he's a psychopath because I bought him when I was 18, right when I bought the party house, and he's the party dog. You know, he was up till 5 o'clock in the morning with us every other night. He's still hanging on, man, on those little <laughs> he's dogs. Up. He's what a, is he? He's is a he G. A, he's what 10, is he? Dollar's 10 or like 11. The, no, but what kind of dog he's is like he? He's like a min He's a min dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Very much like... so. He's just still strutting around early morning, man. But what? life's a trip, man, you know? You go through these phases, and it's like, that's what, what we're supposed to be able to do, I, I believe, is, like, acknowledge the steps that we've taken, acknowledge the experiences, and then be able to share the wisdom with someone else, good, bad, or ugly, whatever it may be. It's an experience that someone else is inevitably going to go through. So I think the more experiences you stack up in your life, and I've a lot of experiences, good, bad, and ugly, that's where you can help people. So there's almost like a need for like a like a 
like a legends of skateboarding, like to take on like almost like a big brother program where it's like, hey, let me mentor you through this thing. I do that already. I'm like yeah. doing that with kids. Who were your mentors growing up? Or who um, are the guys that you looked up to? Tony Hawk, Rodney Mullen, um, Chris Haslam. That was it. And they take like an interest in you like personally and stuff? Or Yeah, Ronnie Mullen's the one that put me on World Industries when I was 12, you know, like the best skateboarder in the world was calling my dad to like see he if He might I be the nicest one. dude in the world too, by the Rodney? way. Rodney? He's like and overly nice. one of the nice. human beings. Yeah. Life. Yeah. You talked a lot about the ups and downs and I've always admired your, your, your presence and kind of the sound mental state you've come out with. What advice would you give for somebody that's going through the chaos, that's in, that's in the... That's tumultuous in it, times. That's in, in the it. chaos. That doesn't know if they're going to have success again. That doesn't know if their relationships are going to work out. How do you quiet that? How do you get control? It's hard to quiet that, to be honest. It really is. It's, um, I've talked about it before earlier. Um, it's, it's the acknowledgement. It's, it's acknowledging that you're not feeling the way that you want to feel. The way that like you're smiling or, or the way that just like the normal body feels like when you know that you're not in that state and where things are going wrong. I mean, sometimes for me, dude, I, I'll go outside in my backyard and I'll yell. My big thing used to be punching things and breaking things, not people, just things, just punch things. And that wasn't helpful. So to me, a at least bit, it wasn't people though, right? It wasn't people, but like the more like the least aggressive way for me to do that is just to go outside and just yell. And sometimes getting that endorphins and getting that out is maybe all you need. Yeah, you might look crazy yelling in a parking lot, but like if that's what it's going to take to get you back to square one, to just realize that like, man, I'm in a situation right now. It's not good, but I acknowledge it. I accept that this is what I have to do and I'm going to see it through. It's tough, man. It's all mental training. I'm not even great at it. I practice. Everyone's practicing. I'm still trying to find the answers to that question, but that's the way I deal with it. It's just, just knowing that I acknowledged it. It's all, it, it all comes down to the brain. If you acknowledge it, you can start to, to break it down. Well, I think there's power in that. It's like, it's like when you're frustrated with another person, and if you can, it's almost like being able to pause, step back, and say, what is this that I'm feeling? This is frustration. Okay, why am I frustrated? And just giving it a name almost. Well, seek, you, if you seek to seek first to understand the situation rather than reacting, right. then it's much easier to assess it, right? But right. That, that's, it's easier said than done. Of course, and that goes back to what I said a bit ago. It's like you never know what anyone's going through at any point in time. And someone's definitely going through something all day long. So... You just don't have all the information. You just gotta be where your feet are. That's exactly right. And listen, a lot of times listening is the biggest thing. My friends are the best because some days I need to just vent. And that's why they're my best friends because they'll come over and they'll just let me vent. And I'll do the same for them. Then you guys both go in the backyard, have a good scream and call it good. And then go hit the, hit the skateboards. <laughs> Surf. Golf, whatever it may be. It's all positivity, man. I really appreciate that. I, I respect the fact that you found positive things and stuff bigger than you to put your energy into. I'm yeah. excited for what you do next. I appreciate it, man. It's a, it's a daily, daily lesson. It's just daily trying to remember all the things that you want to be, the good steps that you're trying to take, the way you want people to see you, just the way you want to treat people. That's it. It's just, it's a lot, but it's like, it can become routine. It only takes a month to make something routine. So take positive things and make those routines. And then all of a sudden your whole life's just positive. That's great. 
Yeah, it's hard to do, much. but it's it's possible. I agree. Well, thanks for sharing with us, man. It's always yeah. good hanging out with you. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in to Electric People. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.